Hello there and welcome to a special episode of Trope on a Rope, where me and my co-host, Mr. Colin Gerard, say hello, mate. Oi, oi, savaloi. Today we are joined in our quest to examine the tropes that have come to define cinema by a special guest, writer of the show's main theme, Mr. Christian Stoner. How are you, mate? I'm doing good, thank you, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's a nice sunny day. Uh, Colin is recording this in the middle of the night, and it's early morning for you because we've got an international pod. And it's pissing down with rain here. Isn't it amazing how the weather changes in different countries? Yeah. Are we in, in all three hemispheres? <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, like Colin's in Japan, I'm in the UK, and you're in America. So, yeah, we're nicely spread around. We need someone in the southern hemisphere. So, does anyone know anyone in Australia? Christian, you wrote the main theme to the show. I did. Not as the main theme to the show. It's just a song that you you released years ago. And you emailed it to me years and years and years and years ago, like 15 years ago. And I emailed you to ask permission to put it at the front of this this podcast. And you didn't recognize it at all? I had no recollection of writing it. After a couple of listens, I vaguely remembered the the lyrics that I'd put over the top of it. But (laughs) I had no recollection of, of recording the music whatsoever. I think at the time I had I was just I was messing around with like Garage Band on my my first ever iPad, <laughs> so <laughs> I think it just it's a result of whatever samples are on there. But I was really just a vehicle so I could rap over the top of it, which now in hindsight is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? Do you remember that song that you wrote for? And we had our friend Ichan in the music video. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pictures that's um i've actually been so i've been um trying to relearn how to play guitar because i hadn't really played for a very long time and i've been trying to find songs that i've written or i've been in bands that are written over the years that i can just do like little open mic nights and stuff and pictures is one of the songs that i figure it would would work well acoustically that was a really good song man i was going through i was going through a lot of this yesterday because I knew you were coming on, so I looked at pictures again. Um, so the song on the front of this of this podcast is called Black. And uh, are you embarrassed by your rap? Because I was going to put it, play it in full at the end of this episode. Please do. No, no, you can, you can, you can do it. I think that's actually <laughs> it's, it's better than anything I could write now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so the trope this. The trope this week and for the next three weeks is musicians slash actors, the times when musicians make a crossover into film, usually to make a film that's not about them, but at the same time is about them. Yeah. Of which today's film, House Party, is probably an outlier compared to the other two. So we're doing House Party, Eight Mile, and Purple Rain. Possibly not in that order. I've never seen Purple Rain. Neither, neither have I. So that should be what fun. Fuck? <laughs> have we just committed a cardinal sin. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, you guys were probably born in 84, right? I was born in 84, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the oldest film that we're doing on this so far? I thought it was this, but this is 1990, House Party. 1990, yeah. yeah. I was uh, surprised when I when I looked at the, the cast names. One of the kids' real name is Christopher Reed. Yes. Which I, I, I immediately thought Superman, and then I thought, Colin, you're a fucking idiot, that's Christopher Reed. That's the chain of thought I would have, I would have, I would have had if I heard you think that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, shall we talk about house party? All right, that's a good idea. 
House Party tells the story of a kid called Kid who, whilst grounded, sneaks out of the house to go around his mate's house to dance, rap, and swing his dick wildly around, hoping that it hits something. On the way to and from the party, he gets into various shenanigans with the local gang who at one point attempt mass murder, as well as two corrupt cops who engage in the kidnap and torture of minors, all culminating in the attempted gang rape of our protagonist. Rotten Tomatoes describes this film as light, entertaining teen comedy. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about the com. I'm not sure about the comedy part. To be honest, it's not that funny. I think this is so far. I was looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score of this. I think this is the highest rated film that we've had so far. You're welcome. Probably just because of nostalgia. Yeah, possibly. It's 94 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What the fuck? It's 94 percent. <laughs> Fucking amen. Well, this is this is this is an interesting because was this the first time you guys have watched the movie ever? No, I, I watched it once with I watched it once with you in Southampton while we were stoned. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's my answer to that as well. <laughs> okay, that, that 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 makes sense because this has been so. This movie came out when I was what is it 1990? So I was 13. So it probably came on Sky Movies probably when I was 14, 15, mm. and I was a white guy on the streets of Southampton thinking I was super cool listening to LL Cool J and then one night this movie was on that like I saw the trailer for and I was like whoa it's about hip-hop and I'm well into hip-hop because I'm white and 15 <laughs> and have no black friends at all and uh and I moved and I instantly fell in love with it thought it was the funniest fucking movie ever in every including yourselves every person I've ever met for the last 34 years <laughs> I've made watch it um so it was interesting to me like whether because i still watch it all the time thinking it's hilarious whether it still holds up as a movie today and i guess colin's response <laughs> is no, <laughs> no it, 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 it holds up as a movie it's not it's not like a, that bad a movie it's just not 94 <laughs> percent. i mean i'll give i mean it's probably you know yeah i kind of agree with that but i would just say whether the jokes still hit i guess and it's it, that's interesting yes yeah, some some of them do but some of them are, like, i don't think were funny in the like a razor head. I don't know. It's not even clever. It's not even clever. Would you lean more towards the IMDb uh, score then, Cole, which is a more pedestrian six point five out of ten? Out of ten, yeah. No, I, I think I'd be close. I'd be closer to Rotten Tomatoes, but I, I don't think I'd get to ninety. I mean, I, I mean, ninety-four. Even for me, it's probably my favorite movie ever, <laughs> or at least one of my most watched movies ever. And I ain't giving it ninety-four percent. <laughs> 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 I, I understand its uh, its limitations and faults, <laughs> but um, yeah, 94 is a high score. It's wildly rewatchable because I watched it again last night and I thought, oh, it's going to be a bit of a chore to watch this film again. And it really wasn't. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I watched it just before I came onto the podcast. I, I skipped the middle and watched, rewatched the end, the, the second half. Not a problem. Easy to watch. Yeah, so I watched this like two weeks ago, and then I rewatched it last night. And yeah, no, I had I had a blast watching it last night. It was well funny. It's most of the quotes. It's got very quotable film. Yeah, I I have tried to write them down, and I'll see if I can <laughs> uh, get to them when 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 we get to that point in the film. I'll I'll correct you if you've got them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the rap battle as well. That was pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, re I distinctly remember as a 16-year-old sitting down and pausing the video of that and learning and writing down the entire rap and learning it at the time. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can still do it verbatim to you. Maybe I'll do it afterwards so you can stick it at the end of the show. That'll be a bonus feature. <laughs> um, bonus, I'm not sure. Um, 
but it also so it, as a comedy i think it fits quite healthily into into a lot of a lot of everyone's favorite comedy that just take place in a one night and have a party in them you know like super bad <laughs> like <laughs> all these kind of like like comedy movies where something happens, shenanigans happen along the way, and then it's the end of the night and everyone goes to bed. <laughs> like, and we all learn about safe sex. True. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I do like those films that just take place over, over one night. Um, there's a couple of weird genre films from the early 80s, um, and like Four Rooms and uh, After Hours, I think is the name of the film. I watched Four, re- re- watched four Rooms recently, actually. At least two of the rooms are really well written. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Two of the films. Yeah. Um, there's uh, Harold and Kumar. Um, yeah. Oh, well, Harold and the Christmas Harold and Kumar comes out every December for me, so I watch Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar's Christmas every year. <laughs> um, uh, I haven't seen Dude Where's My Car, but I assume that follows a similar structure. I've also not seen that, but I'm going to guess so. Yeah, a day looking for a car. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Um, one thing I did want to talk about before we talk about the um, the the film is the clothes in this are great '80s stuff going on. I know it's early '90s this film, but it's just the tail end, and there's some beautiful clothes in this. It bridges. Well, I'm guessing it was filmed in the '80s. If it yeah. came out in in 1990, so it was. Um, yeah, it's an interesting bridge of of what was to come. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have a note on my one of my notes was a. Uh... Possibly more nineties than all of the nineties combined, and so just condensed into one movie with the clothes, like the fucking massive hoop earrings. I'm a huge fan of like of clothes that have kind of got deep cuts that no one gets on. And I, yeah. for the, you know, as stated earlier, I've seen this movie got to be in the two hundreds. <laughs> like I've got to have seen it. <laughs> I've got to have seen it like definitely more than a hundred times. And I didn't notice until watching it last night. The outfit that plays wearing in the canteen scene at the start, where he's wearing like a jean jacket and jeans, and there's a it says play and there's a clock in it, like it's playtime. <laughs> like, but it has, it has like <laughs> it has its own logo, like playtime has its own logo, and it's on his it's on his jeans and his jean jacket. And I immediately googled, like, can I fucking buy this logo anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> like, I need a jean jacket with playtime written on it, and his his suit. At the, at the party is just freaking phenomenal. <laughs> I love the fact that kid just, he just wears I don't know how to describe what kid wears. It's like a weird grey slash teal flecked shirt. Yes. He was dressed yeah. a lot more like I was <laughs> in, in the 80s. Um, but it's still very 80s. Yeah. It would be if you I went to a it. fancy dress party as Kid and Play from House Party, the person playing Play really gets the good costume. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and also is the only way to recognize who you've come as. <laughs> I was thinking about, like, because there's a lot of things that are made today that are set in the 80s, like um, that recent Wonder Woman film and, like, Stranger Things. And, like, they never really get the co- the the clothes quite right to the point where you can kind of forget... Stranger Things, the last season, you can kind of forget that it's set in the 80s because everyone's just wearing normal clothes. We need more shit like this, vibrant shit. It's more, they get the hairstyles right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there. I mean, there is no... I mean, I guess we should just, you know, approach the elephant in the room, which is kids' hair. Um, <laughs> like, no, no, nobody ever even came close to a high-top fade that high at any point. And once he'd done it, like, it was totally off the table because anyone... It's like Slash, right? Like, 
They're like you may you you have a vision so iconic that no one could ever copy it. There's no subtlety to it. It's like if you've got long black curly hair and you're wearing a top hat, you're mm-hmm. mimicking Slash. And if you've got a foot and a half <laughs> high top fade, you are kid. <laughs> um, right, uh, going through the movie, the intro, like over the credits, it starts with a house party and um, a, a house that's very full of smoke to the point where they dance. And they blow the roof off? They blow the roof off this mother. I, <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that intro. I, I, I must have missed that part. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's, ah. that, the, the, it's just a camera follows through the house, right? And it's a kind of smoky house. You just hear lots of bobbing. Yeah. And then the camera goes up and the roof explodes off. Yeah, it's a very, very smoky house to the point that it would be a health and safety nightmare. But yeah, it's, uh, it's also completely disconnected from anything else in the film. It's just... Apart from the ending. What happens at the end? What does the reef come back? Oh, the, the roof, the roof, the roof falls, just falls down on the floor. Yeah, yeah like, like, kills the two police, uh, policemen. All right, toy. Well, I'm glad to see you two have both done your homework so well. <laughs> <laughs> what happens at the end? <laughs> <laughs> I must say, I saw, saw that, saw the roof come flying and land on those two policemen. I was like, where the fuck did that roof come from? Now I, get, I finally get it. Uh, when the re- uh, when the film starts proper, we got kids who's Chris, play who's Peter. Although in real life, they're both Chris's, right? Real name, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kid's at home. He wakes up. The PJs and the fucking the hat that comes off his high top. <laughs> yeah, that is there. His, his, his slow and his it's the hairspray with all the microphones in I front love of him. Like that whole getting ready scene is, is just amazing. And even the music that's playing in the background is is, is freaking awesome. He's got a um, he's got a little tape player called a Kid Corder. I didn't, didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and that's this is what this is what House Party had as opposed to all of the because even the second the second one is still all of the same cast with the exception I know Martin Lawrence is in the second one um, I believe it was written by the same people but just the attention to background details which is what to me makes it like like me discovering those clothes yesterday like no matter how many times I watch that there's always something else I notice in it because it was the attention to detail was so crazily good I'm probably gonna have to I'm probably gonna have to watch it again after I find out all these little minor back to Background details I've probably missed. Well, it might take you 34 years, Cole. I, I, I just spied something he was wearing for the first time. If you, if you, just, tell, if you just tell me all of them now. <laughs> we'll have a go. Cuts to the canteen. I've just written a, t- uh, a note that says, it's playtime. Yes. Yeah. It's the first time we meet play. He says something about playtime, but I can't remember what it is. He's, he's, he's going to... he um He's trying to pers- persuade Bilal to come and DJ... And yeah. then uh, I believe uh, Sydney and Shireen come in, and he's like, "Deaf women, I'm going to be hooking up, hooking you up with deaf women like those." And then, like in a comedy, <laughs> it goes around to the women, and he just goes, "It's playtime," so he can go and invite them to the party. I believe is the uh, is the context. And that's the scene where he's wearing the top that says "Play." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play time, playtime, playtime, playtime <laughs> jean jacket. Yeah, so he's talking. Martin Lawrence is trying to get into DJ at the party for free. I think that's a conversation, and then kids there, and then kid bumps into stab. Yeah, uh, stab is yes. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're the 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 hip hop semi popular hip hop group Full Force. Those three guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who actually get a mention in the latest Be- Beastie Boys documentary? The Ad Rock tells a story about Full Force in, my, in the latest Beastie Boys documentary, which is quite hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't on first watch. I didn't realize they were an actual hip hop group. But yeah, I. Um... All I notice about them is that they are clearly 30-year-old men. 
Well, I guess the argument is this. They're so dumb they've been held back yeah, <laughs> twelve years. <laughs> um yeah. I know when they make these I know when they make these things like they're always uh, too old because we were talking about um Fan Thorstick that Reed Richards is clearly a thirty year old man in a high school with actual children in it. Um but yeah, everyone like kid and play can play young and then you've got full force who well well stab, who is clearly a thirty year old man. <laughs> <laughs> standing in a high school. What's the what's the name of the uh, annoying annoying member? The one with that annoying voice. Pee wee. <laughs> that reminds me of the uh, 3D glasses wearing guy from Back to the Future. Isn't that Billy Zane? Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, the other one. Billy Zane is one of them, but he, uh, the other one, the nerdy looking. He's not the 3D glasses one. All right, okay, fair enough. Name drop for Billy Zane there. Everyone loves Billy Zane. Better talk to your friend. Billy saying <laughs> the hard way or the easy way? The easy way. Stab grabs kid and kid says, Hey, you're gonna um, wrinkle my clothes. And he goes, Your mama, what? Your mama can't afford an iron. My mum's dead. Yeah, his mum's dead. <laughs> and that starts to fight. But I was watching that. And he says, What? Your mama can't afford an iron. And like, Stab, you're clearly wearing a shirt with two that's ripped and fucked up. <laughs> I had a wife, Peter. But and, and actually, so I, there was a, I didn't really, I'd never really, there's a lot of lines where I've thought I've been able to quote them, but actually last night, another thing that I noticed was he says, uh, you like, send her over, I'll put her on on the stroll. And I used to, I, I think I used to think that the word stroll was something else, but on the stroll means to be a prostitute, right? Oh, you've shit. got to go out and <laughs> I'll put her on the stroll, yeah. Because that's, that's supposed to they're supposed to be gangsters, right? In this uh, stab on those guys. I mean, they're supposed to be the, the gangster version of sixteen-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> your options are limited if you're a thirty-year-old in a high school, I suppose. Aye, and you're not a teacher. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love fucking Martin Lawrence in this. He's just he, he talks so much shit, but then he can't deliver anything. It like at the fight at the beginning, he's just like. Yeah, man, you can stand up for yourself. I'll have you back, and then he just joins in at the end. Oh man, it's over already. Oh no! But that, and that's that, that. That was one of probably one of the. I still enjoy it when I watch it. But one of the one of the worst like jokes in the movie is yeah, I had your back. Yeah, way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. <laughs> it's my favorite. My favorite Martin Lawrence line is that uh, anything that you can do. I, I can also do, but I can I can also do it better. That is that is, that is that is a good line. Yeah. So kid and stab they get sent to um that that teacher. Why did you call? Why did you call his mother a garden tool? <laughs> again, again at, at, at the time when when I guess like you know hip hop had first started and the word hoe was being thrown around quite a lot. I'm guessing that was quite funny. And you know I, I guess it kind of it sails up there and kind of catches something now but it but it does it, it it falls a bit flat for me uh well it could be the the clueless white teacher because there's only like three white characters in this film that teacher and then the three and then the two cops yeah her terrible delivery doesn't help <laughs> yes i suppose so yeah <laughs> Uh, after that, they're getting ready, and plays like getting his house. He's doing the vacuuming, and he does that weird jump. Now, this, this to me, this is like massively iconic scene where he's dancing with the Hoover. And he does like <laughs> yeah. the, the back shuffles, 
and then he grabs hold of his foot and tries to flip over which at the time i i tried to work out how to do that for for years (laughs) (laughs) but to actually to actually grab your foot and then and then have the other foot like jump so your other foot goes through and still and then you land on that foot it's quite (laughs) difficult hence why he can't pull it off (laughs) kids kids back at home he's trying to he's trying not very hard to um intercept the message about his fight at school with his dad his dad's brilliant i love his dad in this film it's a the, the late robin harris who actually died before the second one unfortunately but he is i mean he's amazing what do you yeah. mean you don't like dolomite you grew up <laughs> on it <laughs> uh like martin character what's martin lawrence's character's name bilal b-i-l-a-l Bilal, I'll have to write that down because I've just written B Lau a lot of times. But then uh, there's also Robin Harris makes a joke about that, right? So why 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 they name that kid that African name? No one he from Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did make that note. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the dad. He just mumbles uh, mumbles shit and um he sometimes call he calls kid Chris sometimes and sometimes he calls him kid. Or maybe is he just calling him a kid? I think he's like the kid, as in maybe, and that maybe that's how he got his nickname. That's maybe that's how we're supposed to, because his dad calls him kid. Just I'm just projecting. I don't, I don't know the backstory. I haven't seen the prequels. <laughs> oh, please don't say that there's a prequels. I saw the list of how many sequels this thing has, <laughs> which we can get into later. There, 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 there's a cartoon. There's, there was a kid and play animated series. No fucking way. Seriously? Yeah, I watched it on YouTube this morning. Right there, you go. Nice homework. So you did do your homework. They, uh, they, they appear. There's live action segments at the beginning of it. Everyone had a cartoon series in the '80s for some reason or early '90s. Yeah, there was a Back to the Future one. I remember. New Kids on the Block had their own cartoon series. Uh, Mr. T, Mr. T, and his um, gymnastics league. That was one. Fuck um, yeah! Treat your mother right, baby. <laughs> But yeah, no. So they appear in live action segments at the beginning of the episodes and probably the end as well. Um, and then the animation starts. I don't think they voice their own characters in animation. I don't think they do. Yeah, like, I was I was actually going to say that. I think they they just they probably paid an extraordinary amount of money and they couldn't afford to give them the extra to actually put <laughs> the words in. <laughs> we'll get someone cheaper to do the actual animation. No one will know. Yeah, uh, kid, he does his homework because he's told he has to do his homework. As long as he does his homework, he can go to the party before his dad finds out th- about the fight. Um, he does his homework and then he opens up his his lyrics and he's his bit of voiceover. It refers to kid and play like they're a group, but are they in the film or are they? F- it's true. Well, those th- those lyrics "Toe to Toe" is an actual kid and play song, um, which is on the album Funhouse. Yeah. Um, for listeners who want to go out and check out the back catalogue of Kid and Play. Uh, but um, yeah, so that's, that's an actual Kid and Play song. So I don't know whether it was just, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm, no, because in the second one, they are a hip hop, they're, they're, they're a double act. So I guess they're supposed to be kind of just starting there. Yeah. But then you know, that doesn't really tie in with the whole rap battle and the fact that Play takes the piss out of Kid for getting gone from the school talent contest. And, yeah. They, yeah. It's, it, seems like, it seems like in this one, they're, they're just kind of like friends. And uh, the rap battle, probably after the rap battle, he's like, they realize they're fucking good at rapping. And they go, let's make a group. Yeah, this could really work. This, yeah, we're just speculating about what's going on behind the scenes here. There's a lot of, lot of, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of off-camera work. But they, they, never, they, never, they never mention being, like, uh, being in a group in the entire movie. So. No. We go over to Martin Lawrence's house, who has the steepest driveway I've ever seen in a house. Right. I also I love his room with the wall of 
Yeah, with all the wall of, of all the all the all the black women's cards, and then with the slippery when wet. Yes. <laughs> so he's been picked up to um to take him to the rap battle, but plays filled the car with girls. You can only get the equipment in. He fucks the equipment really. Well, up. For the first time, it, the first time it's just one girl. I was it. I thought they were three in the back. Yeah, the, 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 he, can, he comes back twice. The first time he comes back, he comes. There's just one girl, and and he's like, I can't fit. I can't fit my equipment. And also three people up in that little ass car, yeah. and then and then Bilal just proceeds to be the rudest motherfucker. Yeah. Like, bitch, you gotta walk. <laughs> Kick that bitch to the curb and let me ride with my equipment. <laughs> and she gives it back. And she said, "I wrote down what she said. If I'm a bitch, your mama a bitch. That's that's fun." Yeah, but then but then he says, "I'll fight a girl." <laughs> <laughs> I believe she goes. Yeah, I know. I know. We've heard or something. Like he's done some shit in the past. Yeah, there's, there's, it, it dwindles off into much more insult taking. That's not quite as <laughs> as loud. But yeah, that's. I mean, that's that. that this is one of my favourite scenes because when he, when play comes up with the idea, I've, I've got it. I'll take you come over to my house and I'll come. I'll be back. Be right back for you. <laughs> I was like, no, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> when was Bad Boys? Ninety five. No, definitely a few years later. Yeah, probably mid mid nineties, I would say. All, right. all all of the house parties were well out of the way by the time because Martin Lawrence actually went on to have his own in America had his own sitcom called Martin, <laughs> where Tisha Campbell, who plays um, Shireen, is a uh, plays his wife. Holy shit! So I guess this is how they met. Shireen was the uh, was the one that kid Max on, right? Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Well, he tries with pretty much everyone. Well, he with the first one he tries with, and then he gets with Sydney in the end, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh no, sorry, Sydney. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Shireen is is the one in the the yellow all in one, and Sydney is 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 yellow pantsuit. Okay. I was going to say Trisha Campbell. Her, her name is very familiar. What has she else she been in? She was also in uh, the. Um, uh, the Damon Wayans series, I can't remember what it's called. I want to call it In the House, but that was LL Cool J. There's a, he plays Damon Wayans' wife in the in that sitcom. Come on, you've got Google. Yeah, now I'm looking at Google now. It's just a uh, wife and wife and kids from last wife and kids. That's it. Yeah, Last Boy Scout, Damon. Wayans. Oh yeah, yeah, I see it. Oh shit, yeah, no, I've seen this. I've, this has been banging around on like Sky every now and then. Yeah, okay, I recognise it now. Oh, it's yeah, it's 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 an old sitcom. It's probably it's probably kind of like those Nickelodeon days kind of sitcom where there was lots of sister sister in in the house and 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 that were all on. I used to quite like sister sister. Which one? Sister sister. <laughs> no, which sister? Uh, Tia. Ah, good knowledge. Hold on. I can't remember. I can't, I can't remember the other one's name. So Tamara. <laughs> Kid, he sneaks out of the house. So his dad finds out. About the fight, and they have a little heart to not heart to heart. He gets bollocking. Um, his dad goes that one step too far and says something about his mum or uh, like mistakes that he's made in the past. Uh, then apologizes. Then immediately goes, "But you ain't going anywhere." Yep. Yeah, every little step he's going to take around this room tonight. <laughs> but also, one of my favorite lines again from Robin Harris is, uh, "Kids like it ain't going to be that kind of party. All my friends are going to be there. I don't care if Marvin Gaye's going to be there." <laughs> <laughs> The dad goes and what he watches Dolomite downstairs, um, specifically the bit that he quoted previously in the film. Um, we down in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> Kid sneaks out, and the minute that he closes the door, his dad, it, like his eyes open. He was falling asleep in front of Dolomite. His eyes open, so he knows immediately. But then we don't cut back to him for like half an hour, so he's not really done anything. Maybe it was, 
still watching Dolomite. <laughs> so I'll <laughs> yeah, go get him the film. It's in there fuming. Martin, uh, they go, uh, play goes back to get Martin Lawrence in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. By, the, by, this, by this time, he's fully dressed and he still fills the car up like completely. So, so there's no, there's still five people in the car. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's the first time they mentioned that he's got, uh, dr- call him Dragon Breath. Yeah, they, yeah. they mentioned that quite a few times. <laughs> then the, uh, the cops stop, um, the police stop Kid as he's walking down the street. And they call him a razor head, but then they just let him go because they've run out of donuts. They've run out of donuts, which is, again, a very probably classic cop joke from 1990, which probably wouldn't land quite so well in a movie. Because, oh, the cops have run out of donuts. Good one, lazy writer. <laughs> Every Everything to do with the cops in this film I don't think would play very well anymore. Mm, yeah, it's a lot of racism. <laughs> Uh, but that's the yeah. That's a that's a whole that's a whole thing. That's a... we stopped you because you because you were looking suspicious, and you definitely look. Black. <laughs> yes, I wrote that yeah. down. Yeah, fucking hell, <laughs> they do actually say that later. Right. <laughs> the yeah, the police stop him uh, as soon as the police fuck off. Though, then stab turns up in a very fucking eighties red jeep, open top jeep. Kid, kid hides in a garden. They all just watch these two people fuck. Yeah, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> but yeah, they all just stop and have a look for a bit, and then he jumps over the fence, and they fuck off, and they run to the um, the house party. I can't read Greek letters; they were on the wall. Something alpha, alpha, gamma, something that's on 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 the wall. And they go to that uh, party. They meet the the old DJ. Is the DJ someone? The DJ is George Clinton from Parliament Funkadelic, who's extremely one of the forefronts of uh, of funk music. Invented P funk, uh, and which was later stolen by Snoop Dogg and Dre and turned into G funk. And all of those two, Dr. Dre and Snoop, first two albums are pretty much lifted off of Parliament Funkadelic albums, like all of those songs, all of the samples are from Parliament Funkadelic albums with hip-hop beats underneath them. Son of a bitch, your knowledge is absolutely amazing. I was going to say that every, as well. every, every, Everything surrounding this movie <laughs> was fucking amazing. <laughs> no, why the fuck am I leading this? <laughs> I'm just sitting there enjoying the, I'm just sitting there enjoying the show. If you if if you get me on the subject of things that I know, I'm good. But then you, if you ask me a random question, I'm like, nah, that's not in the small pocket of bullshit that I've learned. <laughs> kid, kid takes the mic and he starts he starts doing crowd work. Why was why was play not like uh, not gonna let kid? He said the only play's gonna be able to do rapping today. He said it's his party. I'm the, I'm the only person who's gonna be on the mic. And then he and then he then he diss, disses kid because he because he got gone from the school talent contest because obviously play thinks he's a better rapper I guess and it's his party and he wants to get the ladies because rapping gets the ladies and it turns out to be fucking wrong doesn't he well I mean that that rap battle is pretty good they're both they're both of their parts but they do but the way it's structured he didn't come is, to play is, you is, just is, got is, played is, out. is that kid wins right because he was the last person to do and yeah and if you didn't play you just got played out as a there's a great end line. Anyway, well ahead of ourselves. The, yeah, the garden party one though. He is not. He he's not very good. He's doing. He's just saying, put your hands in the air. Come on, put your hands in the air. And just like a reluctant group of people are like going, um, no. There, there was a that was an embarrassing failure. 
And then he immediately gets kick, get the shit kicked out of him by Stab, who appears just from outside camera. Uh, to be fair, he does that garden party one while he's running away from Stab, right? So it's not like he's uh, he wanted to rap. He's just trying to distract from the fact that he's about to get his ass kicked. So that's probably why he couldn't rap very well. <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure what his plan was at the garden party, but yeah, he just seems to be wasting running away time. Um, but he can't resist the call of a microphone, I suppose. I guess that's the that's the moral of the story. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then the uh, the DJ fucking hits hits stab over the head with a um with a record. What is the quote? I've writ I've ri- I've partly written it here. Yeah, I did it. Three tears in a bucket. Fuck it. Let's take it to the stage. <laughs> Let's take it to the stage. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. I that's up there in my favorite lines of this film. I love that bit. <laughs> it is. It is. A, it is a great line. <laughs> Uh, they get arrested by the cops like five seconds later, and they they get released because the people at the 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 fancy people at the party aren't pressing charges. Um, when we get to the party, uh, yeah, the party everyone's just actually dancing. Um, I think I like the 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 initial establishing shots of the party of what everyone wants when they have a house party wants it to be like just like 75 people in the lounge just having it <laughs> yeah. i've never been to a house party like that ever yeah every every single party i've been everyone's just sat in the uh, sat in the uh, sat around the edges just doing their own thing or sat outside having a having a cigarette um the only person dancing is usually um if it's a wedding like a drunk a drunken uncle um who who's been told three times already to calm it down <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the fact that like the, the there is a heavy focus on dancing in the um at this party because they they only sit down to take breaks do you reckon there's a, that kind of house party ever happens anywhere in the world or is it only in movies i would probably hazard a guess that the early hip hop house parties were probably fairly similar to that. I'm sure it's a slight exaggeration, but I think um I think those kind of street parties of the mid eighties and you know when when hip hop was super underground, I think like when it, it was more of a movement and there wasn't massive loads of hip hop music out there, I think that it's probably reasonable to say that it was uh, a version of that. I fucking wish I'd been to a house party like that. Just instead of sitting around the table with the snacks. There's some cool side character. There's some cool side characters at the party. Um, there's um, the, the guy who keeps knocking into the table, into the DJ table. Yeah, what's his name? Chill. Chill. Yeah. What's the drunk guy's name? The one who starts talking about groove. Chill and groove. They arrive together, and he's like groove, chill. And then there's the tired guy behind him who ends up falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's um, uh, I think his name's Clint. He arrives with a girl, and he's just like, "Hey, baby, I'm taking you places." <laughs> meeting people <laughs> and then he meets play and he says all right play this is play and this is doesn't even know her name bonita <laughs> bonita <laughs> and then play says i hope i get the pleasure of dancing with you later <laughs> and he says yeah we'll see about that and then it doesn't play and immediately come on to her like yeah, yeah. he's with that girl then play just immediately comes on to her <laughs> yeah uh, kid arrives shortly after, and then he he he, he goes straight to the mic because he's obsessed with microphones. Yeah, he he can't leave a microphone away uh, alone, so he just goes straight to the mic, and he's already told, "All right, fucking back off, it's plays." Um, the, <laughs> then there's the neighbor next door. Yeah, the belligerent neighbor. Yeah, I did like him. Um, he's 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 fun. He's, well, he's he's famous. He turned up in a in a lot of a lot of those kind of Reginald. Is it Reginald Holden? I think his name is or Hudson. I was about to say, I, I recognise that that character from. I, I don't know what I've seen him in, but that exact character. 
yeah, no, he's shouting shit out, like, shut up, and this ain't Soul Train. He's, like, angry, <laughs> a perfect mixture of angry and horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, Gary, you have got some nice ones. <laughs> <laughs> what's, his char- what's, what's his character's name? I don't think you find out, but, you, but his wife calls him something else, he, right? Harry. Calls him, ha- calls him, calls Harry, him Harry at yeah, one point. So, and he just goes, Harry? And we just know his name isn't Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've, nar- we've narrowed it down. Awesome. Written. Oh yeah, Shireen turns up and what's his name? The guy who keeps bumping into the table? Chill. Chill and Groove see Shireen walk in and go, ooh, scandalous. Ooh, scandalous. That that bit used to be used to be part of a Sky Movies um like montage yeah. to movies and it would just stop and go, ooh, scandalous. <laughs> um and then um Groove, he just he just puts on like an English accent and just goes, I'm going to get those digits. Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I've never never understood why he decides he's gonna do that in an English accent at all. Ways. It is pretty funny. Shireen starts to dance with play. Well, she's with him play most of the time, and then Kid just watches him, even though she's he's dancing with other people who are like trying to jump into his eyeline. I mean that is that is that is amazing comedy when he's he's dancing yeah. with that one girl <laughs> and he's uh, like his face during that whole scene is just amazing. And then later on, when they're doing the switch partners, he ends up with her again, and he's like, "Balao, switch, <laughs> switch again." <laughs> yeah, play is uh, not play. Kid. Yeah, he spends most of this film trying to get to to Shireen, to the point where I'm like, when he switches to Sydney at the at the end, is a bit of a sudden shift. Yeah. Well, I like. I I also like the um when play and kid gather like a heart to heart partway through the party, and he's like, "Who are you scheming on?" Oh yeah, yeah. And then plays a. Uh, Play, plays reasons for why he should be going for Sydney. It was just like Shireen lives in the projects. Yeah, her family's always home. Your dad's always home. Like, there's no way. There's, you're never going to get laid, basically, because everyone. There's loads of people in your houses. You need to be with a rich girl who's got a rec room. <laughs> you know what time it is. Is 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 he says, um, yeah, that cuts into your dating time, and dating time is mating time, right? <laughs> It's a great yeah. line. <laughs> <laughs> it cut, uh, we cut to Stab. He's in the car. They're just driving around because they're being followed by the police. And then the police finally give up. And he's just, he, he can't get over his uh, bump. Uh, he can't get over Kid. Kid's pissed him off. And Kid's in his, up, in, up in his head. A little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to the point, to the point where Pee Wee. Pee Wee takes him down by saying, he's like, sometimes I'm with, when he's to tell, he's like, sometimes I'm with a woman and all I can do is picture this fool. And Pee Wee's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I know when it comes to my dick action, all I can think about is the pussy. He must have a mental block or something. <laughs> that was, that was, that was probably, that was probably my favorite line in the movie. That's pretty, that, that was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, they decide to go. They decide to crash the party. Um, they we're going to go housing shit. <laughs> <laughs> it gets to a quiet bit where Bilal goes up to Sydney uh, while she's sat on the stairs, and he just very, very proudly uh, uh, announces himself with "Let's do this, girl." Again, one of one of one of the best lines in the movie, I think. Fucking Martin Lawrence is great. His his assumption that that she is going to dance with him, like, <laughs> despite the fact that he's been like pretty much shunned by every woman that he's come into contact with so far, he goes to what we're supposed to think of the two one of the two hottest girls in the room. 
<laughs> yeah. Let's do this, girl. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, Groove is in the kitchen. He's getting drunk. <laughs> he's drinking the only can of beer that seems to be at this party, and he gets fucking wasted on it. Um, calls it monkey oil and cock diesel. <laughs> yeah. This, this shit makes your dick hard. Cock diesel. <laughs> And then there's the first like um uh the dance off between the uh kid and play and Shereen and Sydney. Um This is a, I think this is a fantastic piece of, of, of cinema. Like it's really well filmed. Like the act the dance is now like that the, the, the kick dance is now like super iconic. I've seen it mimicked by thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> like that's I mean that scene is is awesome. It, uh, is a as a Call and response dance battle. I think it's fuck it. Name a better dance battle in a movie. <laughs> the kick, the kick dance. I saw, I saw it because I, I was googling kid and play this morning. I saw that that was most of the images is mid kick dance. Uh, turns yeah. up in the opening titles of the kid and play animated series a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, they they still they still do it on stage now. <laughs> like, do they? They they they're touring as part of the fifty years of hip hop tour at the moment. They still. They're both like in their sixties, I think now, and they're both still do, doing the kick. <laughs> um, and that's when the the switch thing happens, and then um... yeah, that's that's great, just because because also you've built up the the elation and the party's really jumping, and they're switching like they switch from Sydney to Shireen, and then somehow play makes it back to Shireen again. <laughs> yeah, he sticks with Shireen for a while, <laughs> and kids back with that chick he was trying to get rid of twenty minutes ago. <laughs> He gets further and further and further away. Yeah, and the same girl as he was with. Uh, um, it cuts over to the dad, who's just there going, I'll give him a minute. And waits 30 seconds, uh, 10 seconds, and goes, what's wrong with this watch? Um, and then he goes out uh, He goes out into the streets, and then he gets stopped by the police. Immediately, same two cops stop the next black person that walks down that road. The dad handles the police a lot better than ever, so... Yeah. And they also, I'm, I'm from a town called Fresh Off a Cop's Ass, and you're making me homesick. That was my note. <laughs> Sorry, I keep stealing all the good lines. You can, I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> uh, no, have at it. Don't think I can't read no badge numbers, Boyd and Wanarski. <laughs> what happens back at the party? Um, kid and the girls. Kid and the girls. How? Oh, yeah, kid. What is your general feeling on kids' game? I, he tries to be the super nice guy the entire time. Like, all, all really forward at the same time. I mean, I'm trying to work out what, what are his moves before the rap battle. Because I remember the bit afterwards where he sat down with Sydney and after he's asked Shireen and she turns him down, he sits down with Sydney and then he's... Because that, that little bit is quite funny. <laughs> He's got some good lines in that as well. Yeah, and there's there's some good there's some good lines in that exchange when he sits down and he's just like, yeah, I like that outfit. That's Pierre Cardin, right? <laughs> no, no, Pierre Cardin. <laughs> <laughs> but fucking, there's a bit where it cuts back to Martin Lawrence as he's dancing with a girl. Was he whispering into a fucking ear? Oh, they're they're playing Always and Forever, right? And Always says, and Forever, yeah. He says, uh, "You're you're so you're so warm and comfy, like my hush puppies. You're so soft and fluffy, like a buttermilk biscuit." And then he says, "You you you make a motherfucker want to sing." And then he sings "Always and Forever" in the worst voice ever. So that's that, that's oh. pretty amazing. Do you reckon? Do you reckon that scene was improvised? 
I don't know. I'd like to hope so, because that's you make a motherfucker want to sing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great line. Stab turns up to the party, and they get they get knocked out. They have that line where <clears throat> this seems like three people who say the "I smell pussy" line quite a lot, but every time they say it, when they start going, mm, "I smell something," everyone around them just starts like sniffing shit, like they <laughs> they <laughs> heard them say this before. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Um, and then Stab immediately goes to burning down. Like he hands out like baseball bats and pipes, which he has in the back of his jeep. Um, and uh, the two that are with him are like well into it. And then he's like, "All right, let's uh, here's here's some gasoline." And they're immediately on board with it. And then five seconds later, are not on board with it. Yes, burning house. I was just talking about <laughs> fucking people up, not burning people down. <laughs> We've also like so. There's 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 a there's a kind of running thing through this, which I think is is interesting with the relationship between Kid and and Full Force, where where Kid is clearly scared of them, but he also just keeps taunting them, like yeah. like he's he's scared, like he, he doesn't want to get beaten up, but also he's really fucking winding them up, which is <laughs> he just like yeah, we're having too much fun in here with your girl on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> And um and the, and also yeah I guess we would smell like pussies to a bunch of dicks. <laughs> yeah, but stab he they start um putting petrol around the house at the same time whilst they're singing um the roof is on fire. Uh, Play gets the mic. Shireen picks up the microphone and Play comes up to him and goes, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Let me show you how to handle a piece of steel." Yeah, that's a fucking great line. <laughs> Uh, the cops stop stab, and, they, and this is the the kidnap and torture of minors bit um, where they take them to the docks and fuck them up. It is, but also a good a good line is to say, "Has anyone got a light? How about a Bud Light?" <laughs> <laughs> Which again makes no sense. Like, there's no one's got any beers. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. um, right. This is this this is it. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to the core of the film, the rap battle. It is a, it is a fucking awesome rap battle. Um, it still holds up, like lyrically, still holds up to this day. It's it's really yeah. well written. It's it's better written than any <laughs> kid and play song on any kid and play album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm a fan, but it's it's the best song. <laughs> it's just the best. I re- I remember I remember as I said we said earlier the only time I, other time I've seen this was years ago when around your house when I was stoned and literally the only thing I could remember of the movie before I watched it yesterday was that rap battle fucking iconic. I mean the kids throw that word around pretty pretty leisurely these days, but this is what it means. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, references new kids on the block at one point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I thought you would. That's why I wrote it down. <laughs> also, this is where this is where um the, the one of the plot threads um uh that I think was cut out was didn't kid lose his lyrics? Yeah, do you yeah. Know I was going to mention that earlier because there's a whole there's a whole thread where he's like he writes his lyrics and then he's running away. He drops the bit of paper, but he picks it back up again, and then that can just culminates with him getting to the party and going, "Oh shit, where are my rhymes?" Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, and then he runs out the room. I think he runs out the room, but then nothing ever yeah. else happens with yeah, that. Yeah, you never really. And then, and then, and then, as soon as he gets the microphone, he's got the best lyrics ever. <laughs> just, just coming out of his head. Yeah. I, mean, I guess the you know it's supposed to be 
you know, although they obviously pre-wrote these for years before, but like it's supposed to be them, <laughs> you know, for freestyling essentially. Yeah, just improvising on the spot. And yeah, Colin, you mentioned it earlier where Lawrence, uh, Martin Lawrence tries to join in at the end and completely biffs it straight away. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, was, I was paying a special attention to this bit yesterday because like as the rap battle finishes, there's this kind of, it's there's a kind of weird energy where it's kind of like they've been dissing each other for a minute. <laughs> And then, and then they're like hugging it, hugging it out at the end. Like, good job, man. Kid just kind of stops, and like, like that line from Martin Lawrence was obviously the only way. <laughs> it feels like it was written as the only way to actually round that bit out yeah. <laughs> to finish it off. Because it's like, well, what happens after one of you's won the rap battle, but the party's still going? So he just kind of puts the microphone there, and he's like, "Yeah, and then that that line is great." So, uh, Shireen and Kid, Shireen takes Kid upstairs. And they go through plays mum shit. And whilst they're upstairs, Kid's dad arrives. He's very easily convinced that Kid's not in the house as well. The the excuse, uh, what's the name? Uh, Sydney. Sydney. The, the excuse that Sydney comes up with is absolutely, obviously bullshit. And he's like, oh, well, fair enough. Okay, I'll see you later. No, no one can go upstairs with no shit on their shoes. <laughs> did I just say shit? You did too say shit. <laughs> um. So Sydney, Sydney covers for him, and um, and then they uh, everyone starts to 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 go home, and then it's I've got a section here just called Third Wheel Sydney. Oh, that's sad. It's okay, Christian. There's, there's there's a happy ending, so it's fine. Kid 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 leaves himself a lot of work to do. Like he's got a lot of clawing back to do after his mistake of going after Shireen. Right? He's uh... he does he does nail it though. Like he has like two good lines that just fucking wins her over. Genius lines. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He does. He does do well. He does do well to, to get back on track. By talking about college applications and the complexities of them. Yeah, showing a bit of interest in, in her and her family and her well, life. You know. Well, that's it's an interesting thing because they. It turns out that that kid is actually quite studious, right? Because his dad has made him work harder because you know he didn't want his dad. His dad didn't want him to end up like him. So like they kind of tie that into like play is obviously not the smarter one of the duo. Um, Shireen is from the projects. Sydney's got like a rich family, and then Kid is poor, but has been made to work hard. So they have going to college is something they have in common. Now that that theme runs on because they both in House Party Two they go to college um, and play just doesn't <laughs> just turns up at Kid's college and tries to get him to have another party. But hey, that's for another time. It, it, it is quite a good dynamic. He's always after the hot one, but then it turns out Sydney actually has a, like an actual connection with her. So I guess a game with her probably makes a lot of sense. Yes. And also the other one's a bit of a fucking bitch. Yes. Shireen doesn't doesn't come off well. <laughs> <laughs> um, the party stops because the toilet gets blocked. Um... As all good parties do. <laughs> When kid is with Sydney in her bedroom, who does she share a room with? She's got two beds in there. Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't even notice that. Because they start, they start macking on one bed and then move to the other bed. So she's fucking with the siblings. Yeah, well, it would seem, it would seem weird that that someone who's obviously quite affluent would be sharing a be a sixteen year old girl sharing a room with a younger sister. <laughs> uh, Sydney stops him and asks him, "Hey, what are we doing?" And his reply is, "We were doing fine till you stopped me." Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then he has that line that Colin you brought up the um the the um... I, I did want to get I, I I did want to get with her but you know now I realise that I want to be with you 
because you know I think I want to be your friend and then she looks all disappointed and he goes and I think if you want to go with someone then she'd be friends too and then she's like oh slightly comes in a bounce friends are friends as well as lovers now we're friends let's skip with the love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did write underneath Good job. I wrote that quote and then I wrote underneath smooth as shit in capital letters. Uh, <laughs> uh, he sneaks out when the parents get home and I believe he kills a dog by hiding it in a barbecue. Yes. Yeah. What? Yeah, he picks it. <laughs> the dog's barking and he picks it up and puts it in like a kettle grill. <laughs> <laughs> Just leaves it. Um, ah, I find a stab. Uh, they see, see him as he's walking through the streets again. He Stab sees him. Um, and they're talking. They're post police beating, and they get they all get arrested and they get sent to jail, uh, which is the um, the. It turns into a musical slightly at this point because he starts rapping with no music about ple- <laughs> to avoid a gang rape for some reason that's in this film. Yeah, which his mo is to basically not get bumped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, t- he talks that he talks that old guy in the jail cell and says, "How do I make this not happen?" Uh, who is it? He says uh, there's a comedian. He t- mentions Richard Pryor. Yeah, Richard Pryor just told loads of jokes to distract them. Yeah, and and he's like, "Well, my my skill is rapping, so I will I will." I will do a rap about not getting bumped. <laughs> <laughs> and they do have, I'm, t- I'm talking from the heart, from the center, the sign on my ass says, do not enter. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I know y'all want to rock like Hudson. <laughs> <That is okay. laughs> so yeah, he escapes jail. Uh, he doesn't escape jail. He gets bailed out of jail. Um, and then they have a little bit of a, a little bit of a disagreement in the car. Well, in the, they mentioned that like they they uh, play asks if he got laid by Sydney, right? And he's like, "No, what? Was she on a period? No, it wasn't a period. We just didn't have any condoms." And plays plays like, "You didn't have sex there because you didn't have birth control. What the fuck is wrong with you, man?" It's I I think it's interesting how, I mean, I, I don't know how bad it was at the time compared to now, but how like how bad play it comes across yeah. like yeah. he's an ass he's such an asshole and he's, and he's like what if she gets pregnant oh it's, that's the woman's problem don't fucking worry about it she can deal with it what yeah the fuck? Um, he's um yeah he, he, he's not a very nice human being <laughs> he's a fucking asshole let's have a play-by-play of what color were the panties <laughs> And then I like that they they go they kind of end up with him going, hey, let's all go back to my house and watch uh, watch Beat Street or Crush Groove, which is like these old hip hop movies from the eighties. Yeah, and then Kid decides that he's he's he should probably go. <laughs> to which because he's already he's shit out of trouble. To which Pa gives him an absolute whooping. <laughs> <laughs> he sneak he sneaks in slow slowly undresses slowly creeps into bed and then it just goes oh no it's like you ain't done yet that ass is mine or something. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> As yeah. he takes his belt off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's I think that's credits. Oh well, a house falls on someone's head. And thus concludes the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> Still not ninety four percent though. No, well, where would you land then if you're giving this a score? We, what do we do normally? Ten? We, yeah, normally at ten. I'd, I'd give it uh, eight and a half. I mean, it's a difficult question to ask me because I like each, even the, the outdated jokes, still through nostalgia and having watched it so many times, you still hit like it's 1990 to me. So I'm gonna just as a, and I do feel like it's well enough written and it's it's thick enough and 
and and layered enough that it still works today, despite the fact that some of the jokes may not land quite as well. And you know, there's probably some politically correctness that would exist more in in versions of it. But I just I still think it holds up. I still think it's a it's an easy movie to watch. I still think it's funny. I mean, it's definitely getting at least a nine out of ten for me. If you've got to give me percentages, I'm going ninety-one. Having said eighty-five, and I, with all the stuff you mentioned about the little extra uh, side points, and there's always something meaning behind everything, like the mm. design of his shirt, the kid, the playtime thing, and all of that stuff. A shitload of that stuff I didn't even notice because the first time. So maybe my score would go up if I paid more attention. Um, I'm gonna go with I think I think eighty. No, it wouldn't, it's out of 10, isn't it? Um, 80 out of 10. Um, Sounds reasonable. I'll, yeah, I'll go eight and a half, I think. It is ext- I, I was surprised how extremely rewatchable this was. So interesting footnote to this, which I, I, I've learned over the years, is that uh, originally I believe that they were in talks with uh, with Will Smith and, and DJ Jazzy Jeff to play the two lead roles and maybe... It would have been slightly altered, and he would have played Bilal's part, and that would have been bigger or something. But originally, they were they were certainly in the mix talking about it before the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was made, I believe. I said I had a note on that as well. Actually, like it, it did remind me of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Jazzy Jeff in particular. Well, it was very much a kind of like trying to trying to mainstream black culture at the time because it, you know black culture had a kind of more of a public enemy in an NWA. Hmm. And I guess things like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and, and this movie were made to soften that a little bit and make it a little bit more playful and a little bit more lighthearted and funny. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's you know the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is obviously super PG, and it's interesting how this movie loads of swearing, the N words thrown around, you know, quite flippantly, but yet there's no drinking at the party. <laughs> like it kind of walks this double edge, like family friendly, but with language used that no family member should be watching yeah, yeah they don't push it so, they don't push it far, so far that it becomes offensive they get it they've got quite a nice balance yeah absolutely it's good um, but yeah just a shame after a franchise that's 34 years old that has now i believe got at least six movies after it including reboots and sequels and sequels of sequels kid and play are only main characters in the first three i believe and then they show up for cameos and yeah uh, right, is there anything else about House Party? What, is there anything that we haven't mentioned? Well, as an interesting retake on the fact that he mentions Nukes on the Block in in the rap, there is now a Nukes on the Block song called House Party, which which in the song Donnie and I believe Jenny McCarthy do the kick dance and then Kid and Play are guest in the video as a second. It was like came out during the pandemic and it was about we can't leave the house, so we're going to have a house party. It's basically the theme of the song, and so, it, so it's all all of the different members of New Kids on the Block are in their houses filming, I guess, on their phones, and then it has Kid and Play come in and just for like a second and look at each other and go, "Yeah, they're talking about house party still." <laughs> uh, is there anything um, that you wish to plug, or um, do you have any way to for people to contact you if you wish to be? contacted or followed or whatever me um i mean you know all north carolina listeners go visit the hop yard that's all i got um no not really is are you not updating your instagram with your cooking 
Um, I haven't been cooking recently. I'm going. I'm going to be cooking next week. So a piece of new new uh, photos. I'm going to try a new dessert. I reckon. Um, I've I haven't made a haven't made I've never made cheesecake before. So I'm thinking I might try and make a cheesecake. See if I don't don't fuck that one up. Fair enough. And you can find me on um, TBA tweets. TBA underscore tweets on Twitter. Uh, we're on YouTube and uh, TikTok at The Badger's Apprentice. See you all next week. Peace out. Catch you later, dudes. Another couple more pretenders in the blue. My tubes heal, shut up, sinking from the blue at the point of contact. We head on so strong, probably much longer than a suit. Another night, I might have dreamt something different. Another night you might have ran through ignorance Had to regret that our life of significance Strangle stories for